Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, Texas Football Today, a show whose chair has been sat in. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. There's been, there's been, there's blonde hair all over the place. <laughs> Terrible. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, or today for the first time. Let's go. On Twitter. Whoa. Uh, we're going to try to do that on Twitter every day. Or you'll listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, back in her perch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here to do the Dallas Cowboys postgame show. It's the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. Postgame show? <laughs> I felt bad for if you. You're, if you're looking for an offensive coordinator, Jerry, I felt bad. I got you. I felt bad for you. I really did. You were, you, like, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are Cowboys fan, fans. Yeah. You were the one I was thinking of, though. As that was unfolding, I was like, oh, Pickle's going to take this hard. Because here's the thing. It hurt. You'd gotten gassed up about him. I did. You were gassed up. I was I was waving the flag, like like I always am. But this year, it felt different. You, you it, in fact, you was got, narrator. You, it, in fact, was not different. You got gaslit by the Cowboys. <laughs> that was. I felt bad. That was a poopy reality when that happened. I just wish that if they were going to lose, like, just lose the whole time. Yeah. Don't sit there and pull at my heartstrings like that It with, like, a minute left. Sorry, friend. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. I don't know if you're used to saying all that nonsense. <laughs> 310 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Kevin Costner. Oh. I had to look it up. This is episode 1,314. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to go back in the archive to be like, all right, uh, let me count. On, <laughs> On today's show, guys, we got headlines from across the state, including some pretty seismic high school football coaching changes. We're going to look into the transfer portal to see what's going on there. Um, and friend of the show has a new job. We'll talk about that, which mm-hmm. I didn't include in the headlines, by the way. Uh, then uh, we're going to unveil the 2021 Whataburger Super Team. You voted. It's time to unveil the honorees for the 2021 Whataburger Super Team. Excited to unveil them. In the back half of the show, I have been off for a month. But I haven't been not thinking about football. I got some old news I've got to give you some takes on. I, as soon as I saw that in my Slack, I was like, this guy. <laughs> like, we've talked about all this. I know, but there's a few things I need to say. Okay? I haven't been on this show in a month. Just let me get these off my chest, okay? You get one day. Good to be you exactly get right. one day. And then, we'll, and then it'll be nothing but new, new news, news from then on out. So, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Uh, Daniel Agnew, Rob Hadaway, Aaron Arbuckle, and Ryan Smigo. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in. All right. Oh, by the way, the most important thing before we get going. 
Uh, if you have not, I know you guys have mentioned it on the show and it's been on the website and stuff like that. If you have not donated to Matt Sepp's GoFundMe, go donate to Matt Sepp's GoFundMe. If you donate $20 or more today and you send Pickle uh, a screenshot at Ashley under Pickle or me, Ash, Ashley underscore Pickle 12 or at Tepper, uh, we'll read your name on the air tomorrow. How yeah. about that? 20 bucks or more, send us a screenshot, we'll read your name, we'll thank you on the air tomorrow. But uh, Matt Sepp uh, is uh, is going through some medical stuff right now. Sounds he's in like, the comments right now, actually. Sounds like he's getting better. Yeah. Oh, he's in the comments, okay, he's, he's doing better. <laughs> uh, but we, uh, so, but uh, 20 bucks or more, uh, send us a screenshot, and we'd be happy to read your name on the air tomorrow. That's the best that I can do, as far as, you know, I don't know, how about Sepp? Hoorah. Hoorah. Anyway. <laughs> Pickle, let's get into some headlines. Headlines from across the state. We're going to be pretty heavy on the, on the high school coaching changes. By the way, the coaching changes should be going up today or tomorrow because of Steps situation. It's fallen a little bit behind. I know you guys have been asking, but the coaching changes page on TexasFootball.com will be updated today or tomorrow. But there's some big ones to get to. Let's start down in the smallest 11-man classification, and that is that uh, Mart, one of the most decorated programs in Texas high school football, uh, is looking for a new coach yeah. as Kevin Hoffman has retired after uh, winning three state championships there after seven seasons in charge. Uh, he took over back in 2016. He led them to uh, four state title games. He won three. Of course, they went to the state semifinals this year. Um, I saw Coach Hoffman at the state game, state championship games. Mm-hmm. And there are some things now about our conversation that make a little bit more sense. Some, some <laughs> was he hinting? He yeah, he had, he had been hinting that he didn't want to coach forever. Uh, but you know, coaches say that all the time. He's 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 you know he's not an old man. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure his wife likes me saying that. Uh, but uh, he he said that he wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, he went 83 and eight there. Uh, they won 12 games every single 12 games or more every single year that he was the head coach there. Wild. That is wild. Um, I do wonder. Mm-hmm. So the Mart's going to be a really interesting job. That is a it's a very small town with very high expectations, and you got to know that job inside and out. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see. I, I bet they go to somebody who with very close ties to the program. I would be my guess. Say, yeah. Do you think it's a promotion, or do you think just think someone could, outside? I could see somebody being promoted from within, or I could see somebody with very close ties to Mart, former player, former coach, something like that, who understands it because it is a unique circumstance. Um I did see a uh, Darby Brown, our friend down there mm-hmm. at one of the Waco stations, did an interview with uh, Hoff, and he, she was asking, you know, what are you going to do in retirement? And they were talking about traveling and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and uh, I already co- told Coach Don Hyde, like, don't be surprised when I show up at oh, 5.30 yeah. a.m. just to talk ball. Yeah, he was like that. It, he goes, it's in my up, blood. He's going to show up on his doorstep. He's going to be sitting in his truck yeah. on the way to practice. He, goes, hey, I know, he said, I know you're up there at 5.30. I'm um, going to come by. <laughs> anyway, we wish Coach Hoffman the best. He's, of course, a good friend of Dave Campbell's Texas football. And the other thing um, about that, about Coach Hoffman retiring, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking about how things might be different if they had won in 2020. If Winthorpe hadn't upset them, right, and then I wonder if things would have been different if they had won this year. If they'd gone, if they had won five in a row, which was a, I mean, they were within two. They were within a play of winning against Winthorpe, and mm-hmm. they were within a play or two of, of winning against Fall City to make it to a title game. Who knows what happens if they get to the title game? Right, but 
I don't know. That's yet, you know, revisionist history. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Other big name openings that are happening. That is Brenham. Yeah. Is open. Uh, Brenham is open after Elliot Allen uh, is has departed. Elliot Allen has been there for uh, for a hot minute, uh, but uh, he is uh, off to take off. He's going to be the uh, the athletic director at Bastrop ISD. Uh, Bastrop ISD. He's leaving Brenham to go take over that. That's a good job. Brenham's mm-hmm. a good job. Uh, Brenham is a is ice cream of a, a well. Okay, sure. Yes, Bluebell is there, <laughs> but. Um, m- perhaps uh, the other thing about them is that this is a, this is a program where you can win. I mean, they've got they've got great facilities there. They've got great infrastructure there. They're a program that is no stranger to to, to making the playoffs. Crowd support's fantastic. Uh, they have made the playoffs every single year since two thousand and four. Um, of course, I mean, go ask Glenn West, who was the head coach there for forever before he went over to to work at the THSCA. Uh, what a good job it is! It is a really interesting job that is on the rise there. Keep an eye on Brenham. I think there's going to be a really good candidate list uh, to see who is going to be uh, the uh, new head coach at Brenham. Next thing on our list is this came down this weekend, I want to say, and that is that uh, that Wascom is going to be looking for a new coach. Wascom is looking for a new coach as Whitney Keeling is leaving to go take over as the AD and head football coach at Tatum. Um Quite an interesting development here. Wascom, of course, had a fantastic season this mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know, they won uh, they won a pair of state championships uh, under Coach Keeling. State semifinals this year. Uh, they were state semifinals. They went back to back 2014-2015. Um, they've made it to the state semifinals uh, five times in his 12 seasons there with the wow. Wildcats. Uh, very, very decorated, uh, uh, you know, coach there and Coach Keeling, leaving to go take over Tatum. Tatum is a good job. Mm-hmm. Tatum, of course, has, ha- has had success at the highest levels as well, coming off of an eight and three season. Uh, but, but yeah, a, a bit of a shocker there, I yeah. thought, because I think Wascom is going to be pretty loaded next year. But, uh, but, but that's a really interesting job there. But Whitney Keeling has left Wascom for Tatum. Big news out there in East Texas. Elsewhere in East Texas, deep, deep, deep East Texas, uh, Daryl Barbe. Uh, ha- is leaving uh, is leaving Jasper uh, to go take over uh, at um, to go to over at West, I believe it's West Mansfield High School in Louisiana. Now you're probably thinking, wait a second, uh, wh- you know what's he doing go- going across state lines? If you know where Jasper is, Jasper <laughs> is a is a is a stone's throw away from Louisiana. Yeah. So this is in in many respects like Whitney Keeling moving from Wascom to Tatum is a bigger is move. kind of a similar <laughs> yeah. move. It's not that far. Uh, but coach, uh, but of course, uh, Coach Barbe has been there, uh, the head coach since 2012. Very successful there, made the playoffs every single year, um, and it'll be very interesting. That's another big time job down there in Jasper with a lot of tradition, a lot of pedigree, uh, and a lot of you know. Look, they've always got athletes. They've always got athletes in a a program that I think it, there's it's not going to be hard to win there. I think they've got a lot of good a lot of good infrastructure there. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on this one. Jasper is now open down there in deep southeast Texas. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Okay, let's move into the uh, let's move the college ranks and let's talk a little bit about and it's going to be hard. It's very hard to keep up with the transfer portal. Oh dude, it's going wild so, right now. <laughs> so we're we're going to do like top level stuff, stuff that catches yeah. my eye. I'm definitely going to miss a few of them. If you want more in-depth stuff, go listen to Republic of Football right, cuz exactly. I guarantee you they'll cover way more stuff about this than we will. One of them that I think is very interesting though, and this one really caught my eye. And that is this was uh early last week. But O'Shawn Mathis is leaving TCU, or at least has entered the transfer portal uh, to leave TCU. He was arguably 
uh, I think this is this is the the biggest loss for TCU if he were in fact to leave. He is uh, you know quote unquote reopening his recruitment is what he said. He's been there for four years. He was a three star prospect out of Maynard, but has uh, established himself as an absolute superstar, a two time All Conference player uh, there off the edge. Uh, but he is a a big time. That's a big loss for them. Uh, yeah, I think like I think you can make an argument. That this is a bigger loss than Zach Evans. Right, yeah, because they um, actually utilized Mathis every single play, basically. <laughs> I, I, he, I thought he was one of their very best players, but obviously, look, I, I don't want to start, you know, assuming things, but that's what we do on the show. Uh, so why I, not? <laughs> you, you would have to imagine that he had a pretty tight connection with Gary Patterson. Absolutely. And you have to imagine that what has changed there, right? It's just the head coaching, head coaching and, and the, the, the staff there. Uh, and especially given the timing that now it's about a month after uh, uh, Sonny Dykes has arrived there in Fort Worth, you have to imagine that he looked around and said, okay, I'm going to give these new guys a chance. Mm-hmm. He looked around and goes, you know what? I think there's a better opportunity for me elsewhere. He's entered the transfer portal. This is a big loss, I think, for TCU. Um, O'Shawn Mathis was a huge part of that defense. To the uh, the possible new home of Gary Patterson. Well, All where, of those rumors yeah, that have been coming, be, right? <laughs> those, been coming around. Kind of hot and heavy. So that's something certainly to keep an eye on. Um, this is a, a little bit under the radar, but it came down um, uh, over the weekend, and that is that uh, Alabama tight end uh, Jaheel Billingsley is transferring to Texas. Um, he entered the uh, he entered the transfer portal. He is being reunited with Steve Sarkeesian. He had a breakout year back in 2020, I believe, um, when uh, Sarkeesian was the offensive coordinator. He caught three touchdown passes. Uh, he's a guy from Chicago, uh, but he's going to finish his career there at Alabama with. Um, with 17 catches, 256 yards, three touchdowns, but Texas will add another tight end there in Jaheel Billingsley transferring from Alabama to be reunited with not only Steve Sarkeesian, who was the offensive coordinator, but also his position coach was Jeff Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the tight ends coach there at uh, Alabama. Now, going, now of course, an assistant coach there at Texas. Uh, one more that came down and maybe flew under your radar a little bit, and that is that uh, Texas State has picked up a transfer quarterback in Dylan Markowitz mm-hmm. uh, from Syracuse. And if that name rings a bell, and I know it's hard whenever they go off to like the ACC or they go off to uh, the Pac-12, the Pac-12, yeah. or they go off to these far-flung places, and especially, all due respect, but like not the contenders in those conferences. Exactly. Uh, it's it's hard to keep up with these guys. They get lost in the haze. Exactly right. Dylan Markowitz was the headliner on that McKinney North offense from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that was so high-flying. Uh, I thought he was a real steal for Syracuse. Um, he goes up there, I think he, and, and he's entered the transfer portal. He is now going to come back to Texas, going to go to Texas State. Um, I don't, look, there's a lot of things moving right now. I don't know what the depth chart at the quarterback spot looks like for Texas State right now. I don't think Texas State knows what the quarterback depth right. chart for Texas State looks like. But Dylan Markowitz, I think, is certainly going to have an opportunity to win the job. Smart uh, kid, too, if he got into Syracuse. Absolutely. So coming back to te- uh, coming back to Texas, that's, that's something to, to keep an eye on uh, there. Uh, and finally, um, I want to um, uh, give a shout-out to uh, one to a friend of the show, uh, a friend of the show, and that is um, Alex Brown. Did you see this? Yes, I did. I was the one that sent it in the Slack. Ah, Alex Brown, uh, of course, is now the former director of uh, recruiting at 
Rice. And, and NFL liaison for Rice hoot, hoot. is is going to be the new director of scouting for SMU. So he's going to be a little pumped. bit more local to us. And he's from Dallas, I think. I so he's welcome correct. home is what they kept saying. I believe that's correct. He is a, he is a, I believe he's a, a DFW area guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, he is, uh, he's been there. He was uh, at Houston for four years before that, working on the recruiting side. But Alex Brown, of course, he's been a guest on our show, uh, buddy of the program. So congratulations to Alex Brown getting that job there at SMU, moving from Rice over to the Hilltop. Those are some headlines from across the state. Now we can get him in the actual studio because he's right down the road. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> buddy. If you think this is going to be, um, you know, yeah, buddy, we're gonna. Don't worry, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna be, we're gonna be asking you, bugging him as much as possible. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter, at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I got this mug from my brother for Christmas. It's really nice. I like it a lot. Does the glass not get hot, or is it plastic? Uh, it does get hot, but it actually, uh, so you carry it on the cork, but I will say, um, as we're now in a coffee mug talk, um... It is the is the coffee mug that keeps your coffee at the right temperature. Like it cools it down fast enough, and it holds. holds. I don't know how it does that, okay. but it's, it's a brilliant. Yeah, I have a full. I bought a, like a full ceramic travel size mug like that, and that's great. I was like, oh, this is cute, but it doesn't have a handle on it, and ceramic gets hot, so it really kind of it's not cool. Yeah, exactly. Throw it away. Anyway. Uh, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell Sexual Insider. Textball.com slash subscribe. We'll send you this magazine, the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell, or 2021 woo, Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football, featuring uh, Texas A&M signee, right? Yes, Denver, Denver Harris. Harris. Signee, commit. Signee, commit. 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 I believe. It's going to A&M. Anyway, this guy, uh, 400 prospects from across the state of Texas. Uh, so if you want to check that out, texasfootball.com. So subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. All right, Pickle. It's time to roll out the 2021 Whataburger Super Team. Uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football. Let me make sure I get this read right. Uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with Whataburger uh, to honor some of the best and brightest Texas high school football players from across the state of Texas with the 2021 Whataburger Super Team uh, Award. Uh, we announced a 300-player ballot uh, back up few uh, about a month ago, uh, and then Texas high school ball fans, you guys nominated more than 3,000 ba- uh, players on TexasFootball.com. We narrowed it down to 300. We then opened the voting back up to you to honor 40 honorees. Of course, headliners of the 2021 Whataburger Super Team included Texas Southern quarterback Andrew Body from Corpus Christi Miller, Texas receiver Keith Ron Lee from Brian Rutter, Texas A&M offensive lineman Bryce Foster from Katie Taylor, uh, UTSA quarterback uh, Eddie Lee Marburger from Sherilyn Pioneer, and Clemson defensive back Andrew McCuba from Austin LBJ uh, so we want to make sure we are honoring the best and brightest and we who better than you the viewers and the Texas high school football fans uh, to pick the 2021 Whataburger super team we will start on the offensive side where at quarterback Brandon Tennyson from Gilmer at running back Ernest Davila from Poteet and Ollie Gordon from Euless Trinity at receiver, Coy Aiken from Stephenville, Dakota Bridges from Hebron, and Nathan Jones from Brock. On the offensive line, Cole Hudson from Frisco, Cam Dewberry from Umbala Tascita, Jihad Latif from Lubbock Estacado, Joseph Montez from San Antonio Brennan, and uh, Brandon Hinojosa from uh, Edinburgh Vela High School. 
At the kicker spot, Corbin Poston from Stephenville. The four utility spots go to Cade Klubnick from Austin-Westlake, Rashawn Sanford from Colleen Harker Heights, McKaylin Young from Midland Legacy, and Kelvin Banks from Humble Summer Creek. That's on the offensive side. On the defensive side, defensive line, A.J. Holmes from Spring-Westfield, Jeray Bledsoe from Marlin, Christian Thomas from Port Arthur Memorial, and Curly Thomas from Fort Worth Nolan. The linebacker spots, Kip Lewis from Carthage, Kobe McKenzie from Lubbock Cooper, and Harold Perkins from Cy Park. At the defensive back spots, Denver Harris from Galena Park North Shore, Caleb King from San Antonio Veterans Memorial, Bobby Taylor Jr. from Katy, and Landon Hullaby from Mansfield. The punter, Jake Piscina from uh, Sunnyvale. The four utility spots on the, def- on the defensive side, Caden Roden from Quinlan Ford, Amari Abor from Duncanville, Joe Tarvin from Medina Valley, and Terry Terrence Brooks from Little Elm. Then we have, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, eight. six, seven, it should be eight. Eight, fan votes. eight, thank you. Eight <laughs> uh, that are called the fan votes. Basically, these are the highest, the players with the highest vote total that did not make it at their uh, particular position. Think about them as like the wild cards. Those are South Oak Cliff defensive back Kyron Chambers, Shiner defensive lineman Doug Brooks, Austin Westlake offensive lineman Connor Robertson, Manville linebacker Justin Medlock, Klein Kane wide receiver and tight end Matthew Golden, La Vega running back Bryson Rowland, Austin Bowie quarterback Diego Tello, and new Diana kicker Osvaldo Gomez. There they are, the honorees for the 2021 Whataburger Super Team. Congratulations to all the honorees, and thanks uh, to all of you for voting. Uh, this was, I think you guys did a pretty good job. This is a tough this is a tough list to crack, but I think you guys did a pretty good job of putting together a darn good team. I'd go to battle with this team. I'll Absolutely, man. Those uh, They did a fantastic job because the list of everybody, when you look through it, mm-hmm. we look through it here and we're like, I can't believe they're choosing, you know, how I'm you glad, choose between these I'm guys. I'm genuinely glad I didn't have to vote. Exactly. Like, genuinely <laughs> glad I didn't have to vote, genuinely glad I didn't have to pick it, but I think you guys did a pretty good job. Congratulations to the 2021 Whataburger Super Team. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Okay, Pickle. Uh, as you know, I've been off for about... <laughs> A month. He's been sitting there letting all this football juices these, brew. Got all these, got all these takes pent mm-hmm. up. I had nowhere to put my takes. Sure, I could have <laughs> tweeted them. Could have tweeted them. I'm sure. I have a feeling Why that you were I? sitting there at 3 o'clock in the morning with baby Max going, do you want to talk about UMHB? Because I need to get this off my this. chest. Did you hear Pete Fredenberg? <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly uh, how I picture this going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that. I like, for all we were talking about, how uh, was my wife asking, was I uh, was I ready to come back to work? She was ready for me. She was like, I'm tired of your tapes. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, enough about the recruiting class. class. <laughs> um, so here's what we're going to do. I, if you will indulge me, I'm going to go through a month of takes okay, in okay. about 10 minutes. Okay. And I'm going to go through, and I'm just, I've, I've got these takes that I've been thinking about, been sitting on for about a month. I'm just glad I can let you get these out to the viewers out, so I don't done. have to sit there at my desk and listen to them right. for the next, like, four hours. And then we can be done. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Take number one. We missed it. I missed this because I was, uh, I was gone. One of the things that I like doing the most is mm-hmm. announcing the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. I didn't have that opportunity this year because I was on paternity leave. Mm-hmm. You got to announce it. Great job announcing it. Thank you. I'm going to give a super quick shout out to Mallory because yes. that's a ver- that and the cover reveal every year are probably the most stressful times to sit in this chair and make sure everything goes perfectly, and she crushed it. So as shout you, out, Malpal. As you probably heard, the 2021 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year is China Spring quarterback Major Bowden, uh, the Lamar signee. 
uh, has uh, did a fantastic uh, leading China Spring to a state championship. Um, this is, in my opinion, the right choice. Now, I have a vote in this, mm-hmm. but I don't have the vote in this. No. Like, I, it's not my decision. Uh, it's a collaborative effort that we all come together and put together. Um, and I think that we ended up getting the right guy. I think that there was no more valuable player in the state of Texas in 2021 than Major Bowden was to China Spring. Uh, and and, and I, think, I think if you... Let's put it this way. I think China Spring without Major Bowden is a good team, mm-hmm. but they're not a state champion. No, they're not. Um, I, think Major ba- I think Major Bowden was the most valuable player in, in Texas high school football in 2021. That doesn't mean he was the highest rated recruit. That doesn't mean that he's the, you know, the, he was the, he's the best player. Like, that doesn't mean he's the most likely to go to the NFL. What it means is that in Texas high school football in 2021, he was the most valuable, most important player. Uh, you know, best for his team player in Texas. I think we made the right choice on China Spring quarterback uh, Major Bowden, and I did get the opportunity. One of the things I did have to do, mm-hmm. have to do, I got to call Brian Bell because I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I called Brian Bell, the now former head coach. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a um, time it's been. <laughs> uh, uh, now former head coach at China Spring. I called him to let him know that we were going to select Major as the Mistrack Fall Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. He was so fired up. He was already at Baylor at that point, but he was point, so yeah. fired up. I needed Basically, I needed Major's number. Mm-hmm. He was so fired up. So I called Major, and I got to tell him that he was the player the player of the year, and he was he was very excited, very humbled by it. And uh, he went to the game. He, he went, went to the, the game. tax act. I, told, I, I did tell him, and we love our friends at the Tax Act, Texas Bowl. I did tell him, I was like, hey, man, you need to make sure you, you go to this thing because you get a big old trophy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big old trophy. And, and so it was exciting uh, for him, and I think we made the right choice there with Major Bowden. That's one. All right, here's another take. Spent a lot of time watching bowl games. Guys, bowl games are bad data points. Oh, yeah. We got to quit paying attention to them that much. Yes, of course, you want your team to win. Mm-hmm. But as far as predictive for 2021, and I think you hear this a lot from um, announcers who have uh, a lot who don't have anything else to say, uh, that oh, it's important for for momentum. It's important to to be on the good foot going to the going into the next uh, next year. Absolutely, I think especially now with players moving a little bit more. Uh, more often with the coaches moving more, with everything more in flux, with off seasons being more chaotic as they are. I just think that, and especially now with, especially with players who are, um, especially with players who are opting out of bowl games, things like that. I think that you, I think that you just should not read a ton into how bowl games went. Uh, what? So Texas Tech won the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. Good for them. That's great, but there's so much flux oh, going yeah. on at Texas Most Tech. of those coaches are leaving. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. The head, the guy who's the head coach is now going to be the head coach at Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. So, like, there's just a lot of movement. I just don't read that much. There was a big conversation online and big conversation among the the college football, you know, Twitterati mm-hmm. about are there too many bowl games? I don't think there's too many bowl games, but I also think that you don't have to read into. Every right. little bowl game, and what does that mean for the future? I just don't think it says it says all that much. I think they're bad. I think they're the least reliable data points as far as projecting for the prime situation in this. Looking back to like last year's bowl season to how it went this year is like Casey Thompson came in in the Alamo Bowl last year and lit it up, and everyone is like the quarterback thing at Texas is solved. Flash forward to this year, right. it was not solved. <laughs> I would just say. On the bowl game, if you won, if your team won, team Yeehaw. lost, yeah. or in a situation like A&M, if your team didn't play, don't worry. Speaking of A&M, my next take, 
A&M's historic cl- recruiting class is a bellwether. So perhaps you you heard, but Texas A&M put together uh, their best ever recruiting class. Mm-hmm. The number, I believe, according to most metrics, number one in the nation. Number one in the nation. They have six to, five stars. Yeah, according to to, to uh, you know most um, most metrics. I haven't looked at everyone, but everywhere that I've looked that of, of people that who whose value whose opinion I value mm-hmm. have said it's the best recruiting class in the nation. It is obviously impressive what they've been able to do. I think that it is. This is really an important moment for Texas A&M and for the future of college football and what it looks like. And here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is, A, you've got the number one recruiting class in the nation. That's awesome. Now you got to go win with it, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's all potential. Now you got to turn it into – that's potential energy. you got to turn it into kinetic energy. That's one. The other thing is, can they – how much – um, inertia is there from one recruiting class to another. Does one top recruiting class get you another one, get you another one, get you another one? We'll find out. Furthermore, we will also find out in this new landscape with the transfer portal, in this new landscape with much, with much more player autonomy, what this means. And I, like, I'm very interested in seeing how, obviously, how they play in 2022. I am very interested... When we go into 2023 and we're talking about that, I want to see what impact that recruiting class is having at that point. How many, let's be frank, how many have stuck around, Mm -hmm. right? Because in an age where there's a lot more player autonomy, having this recruiting class is huge. It's, It's massive. It's massive. What does it mean going forward? The answer, I think, is more unclear than in the past. That in 1997, if you got the nation's number one recruiting class, you're feeling really stinking good about everything moving forward. For A&M, having the number one recruiting class in the nation is obviously great. Mm -hmm. You would very much prefer to have the number one recruiting class in the nation than the number 130. But there are more... um, There's more... Un- uncertainty with it than there has been in the past. This is a new era of college football, and so this recruiting class is so important to determining what college football is going to look like going forward and how important recruiting is. Because there's a real argument to be said that like high school recruiting now is a little bit overrated. That like if you're going and you're saying, well, I'm just going to go get the guys in the transfer portal and see stuff like that, go mm-hmm. portal shopping. We'll find out because this is a unbelievable recruiting class. I think if they're able to hold it together and it's able to live and if, it, and if it's able to play to their paper, watch stinking out. I'm also very interested to see if how much NIL affects this, like how much oh, this sure. class affects NIL. I think that this has a big potential to say if you will pay the money to go get the big guys and you win, then great. But if you get big guys and you spend all this money on them and then they don't really pan out in college, does that change the shape of this brand new NIL era as well? Yeah, I think I think that you're right. I'm very interested to see how that works out. Okay. Next one. Pete Friendberg retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't think we talk enough about what a good coach and, and what a good program builder Pete, Pete Fredenberg is. Led them to three, to three national championships. Uh, a, a, tremendous, uh, a tremendous coach. A guy who, who, took, the, um, who, who took a program that is, um, that, that I, you know, really, UMHB was an okay program, and he took them to, un, you know, to, to heights that they had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, they are... The preeminent Division three program in the nation. Not they're just the Alabama of D three right not now. Just, you know? Not just because they're the national champion right now, but because of the uh, the the standard that they've set there and that Pete Fredenberg helped to set there. Um, 
I don't think we appreciate him enough. No. I don't think we appreciate what he was able to do there at, at UMHB. And he will certainly be missed. Big shoes to fill there at UMHB. Yeah. But that is a guy who is woefully underrated. They promoted their DC, I believe. Okay. I must have missed that. I have been a little bit off the radar. <laughs> uh, but yes, Pete Fredenberg, woefully underrated. Finally, is my hottest take. Scorching. I think we need to have a conversation about college football and the brand of college football and whether or not it's getting stronger or it's getting weaker. Okay. So let's run back through the most recent... Um, the, the uh, Obviously... Okay, how do I want to say this? Obviously, You've been letting this one simmer, I can tell. <laughs> okay. Obviously, this is a... Um, this is a when you take a look at who has won the national championship uh, the past oh I don't know eight years right okay. Georgia mm-hmm. Alabama mm-hmm. LSU Clemson Alabama Clemson Alabama even if you skip over Ohio State you get to Florida State Alabama Alabama Auburn Alabama Florida LSU Florida. So there's Before you three get in total the that last, been yeah SEC. so basically you've had one and I'm not even talking about the SEC. Talking about the Southeast, not the Southeast Conference, Southeast sector of the. We're of talking the literal geography. Literal geography. And you take a look at all of those teams, they all reside in the same part of the country. Basically, Ohio State is an outlier. And by the way, look at the teams that they beat, right? Georgia beat Alabama, right? Alabama's beaten Georgia. LSU, who did LSU beat? Uh, oh, gosh. Clemson. Clemson. I think. I think I think it was Clemson, right? There's Clemson, and it's all these teams there in the southeast part of the of the country. That's of course like wherever the, the, the great teams are, they deserve to play. Alabama and Georgia earned their way to the national championship game. That's of course very important. What I'm telling you is that if football is only relevant at the highest level in one part of the country, that's not good for college football. No. And by the way, the television ratings bear this out, okay? Television ratings for college football and the college football playoff are sinking. They're shrinking. They are going the wrong direction. If you want college football to be a big, robust, popular sport, and I want that to be the case, and there's an argument to be made. We can certainly talk about whether or not Texas is in the southeast, is in the southeast right? I'm not even talking about the conference then you, I think that the onus, there has to be more geographical parity mm-hmm. for, for, for college football to avoid becoming a regional sport. Okay? That's fair. Because what you're going to see is the West Coast, just check out. Or you're mm-hmm. going to see the Midwest, just check out. Or the Northeast, just check out. And that's going to be ultimately, that is going to lower the tide for the sport of college football. And so, yeah. I think it's really important that Lincoln Riley does a good job at USC. Yeah. I think it's really important for Oregon to be competitive. I think it's really important for Ohio State to stay competitive. I think it's really important for Michigan. I think it's really important for programs in other parts of the country to get up to that level of competing for national championships. And by the way, this ain't going to go away with college football uh, playoff expansion. Mm -mm. Ultimately... There has to be, if college football is going to be the big, robust, popular sport nationwide, 
It's going to be a national sport and not just because th- you can think about some other sports that are popular in certain state. parts. Think about NASCAR. NASCAR yeah. is, is very popular in certain parts of the country and a non-factor in other parts of the country. Right. And then that you would be at, a net negative for college football. Right. And then you look at college basketball per se. Why does everyone buy into March Madness so much? Well, it's because there's teams from all across the nation. Correct. Every single person tunes in. If you look at the, the top 25 right now, every single section of the state has someone in there. Yes. I think that it's a very – it's a very – it's a tough spot that college football is in because obviously, look, like we we appreciate dominance, right? Like watching Georgia go out there and do that was impressive. I think Clemson, whenever they were cooking with Trevor Lawrence, was impressive. LSU with Joe Burrow, like a historic offense, those types of things. Alabama needs no introduction, right? But if you want college football, the sport overall, to thrive. The sport's got to get out of one region. of the, It can't just be in one region of the country. Mm-hmm. I'm because tired of watching Alabama play in the stinking national championship. I heard that. A, you hear that a lot. <laughs> like, you heard how many people, when it became Alabama versus Georgia, go, okay. Great. Here we go match. again. Yep. Right. It's okay. the same thing. We'll for, for years, and, it was Alabama-Clemson. It's like we're right. tired of seeing and that's, it. And that, by the way, that's nobody's fault. No, 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 like, no. They're no. not saying that there's somebody to blame here. What I'm saying is that if you want college football to be the big, robust national sport that it can be if you want to be the nfl Mm -hmm. right then there has to be interest from all across the country not just in one part of the country right so there you go those are some takes i've been sitting on let's go over to ashley pickle for america's second favorite segment final thoughts do you feel better i do i feel uh, cathartic okay get some of that out of your system i've been thinking about that ever since i sat down and watched alabama and georgia i was like i was like i bet the ratings for this suck Mm -hmm. and i bet that there's going to be and, and and but it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. No, oh, yeah, it's an uncomfortable conversation because you don't want to like denigrate what those programs are doing. They're obviously doing great, but if well, you and it's want, funny if you want college football to be as big and robust and, to, and popular as possible, you got you got to get it. You got to find a way to make it so that there's more parity. Mm-hmm. And that goes straight back to your A and M conspiracy theory stuff, like of the recruiting. Like, how does this oh, work? You know, bringing everyone in. Yeah. And so it's funny how it. Yeah, it's yeah. All I mean, I mean, one giant circle. Texas, you know, again, we can have a conversation as to whether or not Texas A&M qualifies as Southeast. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's that's more, you know, but they would certainly fit into that same part of the world. What I'm talking about We is, need a Pac-12. We need Exactly <laughs> right. You need, you a need Big Ten. You, and there are big well, population centers State. that are presently not engaged in college football, and it's only getting worse with every year that we get Georgia versus Alabama or Alabama versus Clemson. Um, my actual final thought here, and we we talked about this a little bit, but I'll let you kind of reiterate if someone needs a different voice to say it. But a lot of people in the comments are asking why we didn't give Cade Klubnick the hmm. Mr. Texas football. And I think there – well, there's two things. One, well, I don't think he's any good. Yeah, just awful. <laughs> One, a, he well, – we're joking. That's a joke. <laughs> Cade Klubnick's in pre- – in fact, uh, I've got a buddy who's a Clemson – he's a Clemson guy. And um, – Coming at, during that state championship, like in the second half of that state championship mm-hmm. uh, game where they were winning uh, the their third straight title, I texted him and I said, "By the way, just to let you know, Kate Klubnick, he is the one who was promised. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy. Oh yeah, anyway. and he is. We, got a lot, and we that, like him a lot. That goes a lot into it. One, if you like, we said with Major, if you take him out, I don't think China Spring gets anywhere close to the state championship. If you yeah. take Cade Klubnik out? Are they near as explosive? No. 
Which, by the way, they but did. they have, huh? He also missed a couple. That's games what I'm saying, and that that goes into the second point of the fact is he missed like six games throughout the season. So it's kind of hard for us to give our full year round player of the year to a guy who unfortunately was out. If you're asking for me, that long. if you're asking me who is the player that is most likely to go in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. it might be a guy like Denver Harris. It might be a guy like Kate Klubnick. Mm-hmm. It might be a guy like uh, oh, there's definitely an offensive line like Cam Dewberry. Very, yeah, um, it might be a guy like that. Uh, if you're asking me who was the most outstanding high school football player and the most valuable high school football player in the state in 2021, I think it was Major Mountain. Yep, and that's what the award is. That's what it is. So, and and so you know there are other there are other awards that I think the there are other awards that I think do it backwards, and I'm not going to call anybody out, mm-hmm. but there are other awards who I think do it backwards where they think how is this going to age? Yes, and in that case, you might as well disqualify a guy like um our Rio Grande Valley Prince right ELM yeah, yeah, or or no even even before him uh, uh oh Gilpin uh, yeah Landry Landry Gilpin you might as well disqualify him because here's the thing Landry Gilpin he went to Southwestern yeah right but I think everybody who watched Landry Gilpin looked at him and said that's the most valuable player in high school football yeah and that's right? what we do here <laughs> I think I would rather it I would rather our award be something that reminds people of how great a player was in high school mm-hmm. than it is that we gave it to Kyler Murray twice, which we did, right? Right. But like sometimes there's that confluence and other times it's not. And I looked at, oh, I think we looked at, at Major Bowden and what he brought to the table for China Spring. I think he was, I think he was the most outstanding player in Texas high school. I agree. Reasonable people can disagree. There's other people who yeah. are. We think Kate Klubnick is a super great player, yeah. yeah. but just he wasn't the right That's fit right. for the award. So there you go. That's going to do for us. It's good to be back. Thanks for spending a little bit of your yeah, day with us. Back, Follow us on Twitter. You don't mean that. Follow us on Twitter really. at TCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I can't believe you didn't come get it. I know. Erin uh, said that she was going to just take it home. She was like, it's mine now. Tepper's not here to tell me no. Yeah. But she didn't. Yeah. So. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll be back tomorrow on Texas Football Today.